Welcome to the HTLL podcast. We are your co-hosts, Emily Hirata, Technical Advisor for Health and Nutrition, and Tino Movuti, Technical Advisor for Water Sanitation and Hygiene. And in our last episode, we spent some time discussing with fellow ADRA staff who've had past experiences with Ebola response programming. For today's episode, we will be discussing global disparities in vaccine access, a timely topic given the current efforts for global COVID-19 vaccination rollout. Our special guest comes from outside of our agency, but is no stranger to us at ADRA, Dr. Peter Landless. Dr. Landless is Director of Health Ministries at the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. As a longtime physician serving a health leadership role in quite a global context within the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we thought some of you, our listeners, would enjoy hearing his thoughts on today's topic. Dr. Landless, welcome. We are thrilled to have you with us. Thank you, Emily. It's a pleasure to be with you and with Tina and uh, to share some thoughts and ideas and maybe some questions. So to get us started and to help frame the conversation, we'd like to open with a general question, just as a brief introduction to listeners who may not be familiar with this topic. Dr. Landless, from a global perspective, can you tell us some of the general reasons for why disparities in vaccine access exist, whether that be for COVID-19 vaccines or vaccines for other major diseases? Yes. This is a a very, very big topic, and it's one which is informed by the social determinants, the levels of poverty, education, uh, levels of health services, collaborations. And what we can do is really think for a moment of what is happening in the world right now with COVID-19. When we look at the countries which have achieved a significant amount of population percentage of immunization, Israel leads the whole field. It's a smaller country, smaller population, very developed, a very developed social system, a very developed health system. And so the uh, distribution and rollout of vaccines has been uh, exemplary. When you look at the the percentages, probably over 60% of Israelis have been vaccinated. Then we look at the spectrum of how it varies in other countries, for example, in the United States, we're seeing probably about 32%, which is the second highest in the world. Much bigger population, but nevertheless, significant percentage. But then when we look at the comparison with Asia and Africa, we're seeing right way down at 6%, 2%. And in between there, we see the European Union, which is surprisingly low for the current expectations of COVID immunization. And this is a real bother. So what we're seeing that um, the EU only sitting at 9% compared to Israel at 58%, very significant disparities and differences. Some of these are related to the income of the country. Other of these are related to the uh, availability to um, also the resistance and hesitancy in taking vaccines. But it all boils down to being able to have the uh, availability appropriately and then to be able to distribute it. So poverty makes a difference. 
accessibility when you have people who live far away from convenient access um, one of the problems that causes this significant issue here in the united states one sees disparities as well um, related to where there are big centers and people can get to them and get to the uh, vaccines people are more ready to access them um, when it's more difficult where there's not enough immunization stations, it's problematic. If it's a two-shot vaccine, that can result in an issue. If it's a one-shot, well, you need to have um, really good understanding and education so people realize that even if there's been a glitch, as there has been with the J&J vaccine, that the risk benefit is far outweighed by the benefit and the beneficial effects of the vaccine. So those are a few issues related to uh, the disparities. And um, there are possibly more and much more that we could discuss. But I think those in the current crisis are what are driving disparities. From all that you've mentioned, and you've talked about how this is just a glimpse of the many reasons for why these disparities exist, why is addressing the disparities in vaccine access so important for global health? The major reason to address the disparities, and this may sound a little trite, but it's the conviction of my heart. The major reason to address the disparities is because it's the right thing to do. So morally, it's the right thing to do. As we work and live in the societies together as a world, we need each other, we need to work with each other. And a pandemic lifts us out into very sharp relief and it confirms that we need to work together. Until there is a community immunity or a herd immunity around the world, we are going to continue with not only uh, surges and waves of COVID-19 and other infectious diseases when they come and go, but we're going to see resistance. We're going to see variants arising. So the importance of doing this is, number one, to do the right thing because health, I believe, is a right. And it's something that we should foster and cherish and nurture. And so that is clearly very important. Then when it comes to basically how the world functions in this global village of ours, where travel is so ubiquitous, people can come and go. And that's part of the reason that the virus spread so quickly, obviously because of its infectiousness, but also because of the very significant movement of people. If we're going to ever get back to, which I believe we will, by God's grace, to a time when we can commute move backwards and forwards and get to where we need to do, to do business as usual, and even to do leisure as usual, it's going to be very important to address these disparities. It also makes good sense to get as many people vaccinated and focus our attention on doing the right things in health, instead of having our health system so extended by the problems related to a pandemic such as we have right now. So those are, to me, the crucial issues as to why we should do it. I believe we are 
responsible for each other and those who have need to reach out. And we see there's a currently a significant debate, discussion going on. So what are we going to do about sharing patents? Are we going to share patents? Um, are we going to, when I say we, the world at large, those who have the vaccines, are they going to uh, set up manufacturing in other countries, uh, etc. Those are so many things which need to be decided and how it's going to be done. So in order to address the disparities, we need to come together with a plan and remember always that when we have the privilege of health, it is something that we should share. Mm, I love that. I love the the whole sharing aspect of it and and how you initially framed it as it's the right thing to do, it, the, the ethical, moral thing to do, um, but that it also just makes sense to function as a society. I, I really love that take. Um, shifting the conversation a little bit, given that you direct the Seventh-day Adventist Church's Health Ministries Department, can you tell us what the church's stance on vaccination is and how does that influence what the church can do about vaccine access? Sure. The Seventh-day Adventist Church is a church which has, since its inception, been very focused on health. Health, holistic health, health of body, mind, spirit, social, emotional, and relational, and um, health for its adherents, and health for the communities in which we live in. We have the privilege of serving. So it makes sense for us to practice what are the most appropriate healthful practices. Now, this is a question which a number of people are asking right now. Well, why would the church have a stance on vaccination? Because we promote health and well-being. When you think about uh, what has changed longevity in the world today, it's not heart transplantation, kidney dialysis, chemotherapy. All of those have made a difference. But when you really analyze the bottom lines, it's sanitation, clean water, and immunization, which have changed the trajectory of life expectancy throughout the world. So it makes good sense, and it's a scientific practice, which is well proven by peer-reviewed evidence-based science and is not contrary to scripture nor to the counsel of our founding fathers and mothers and the um, counsel given to this church we believe through God's servant Ellen White. Immunization is not contrary to any of our beliefs and um, interestingly and I love to share this Ellen White herself one of the co-founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church took the smallpox vaccination uh, at the time that it was in its infancy, the vaccines. And um, she not only took it herself, she actually shared with her grandson and the community at the time why it was that she did this. She said, yes, it protects the individual, but it also protects the community. And so it's foundational as we, we have health practices and health education and health consciousness in our proverbial DNA as Seventh-day Adventists. So it makes good sense for us to have a stance on responsible 
vaccination. If you look at our statement, it talks about the Seventh-day Adventist Church is in favor of vaccination, but it doesn't mandate it. It is encouraged to help maintain health and community immunity or herd immunity, but it is left to the conscience and choice of the individual as to whether they are immunized or not. The church encourages the responsible use of vaccines and immunization programs, but does not force it. So I believe it's very important that we promote immunization responsibly, wisely, with good advice. And that brings us to the point on COVID vaccines. COVID vaccines are a huge challenge in the minds of many, many people and probably in everybody because basically we didn't expect, although there are epidemiologists who have been saying the next pandemic was absolutely unavoidable and it's here, it's with us. But we, we have seen vaccines developed at a rate which we haven't seen before. And of course, many of the traditional vaccines have had years and years of not only testing, but of use have been tweaked, have been appropriately adjusted. And here we are in the midst of a pandemic, which is forcing us to, to really get our act together very quickly. Well, fortunately, there are explanations as to why this quick development took place, but we do need to help address the fears, the concerns of everybody that the vaccines which have been developed, and I can talk very specifically to the uh, to the vaccines which have been tested and proven in various parts of the world, and particularly those which have been used the technology of mRNA, uh, such as the Moderna and uh, BioNTech-Pfizer, these have used technology which has really been experimented and used in research for a number of years. In fact, vaccines using this technology, including for Ebola, for shingles and other diseases have been tested and have been developed, but it took that technology to really bring the COVID-19 vaccine to a deliverable stage very quickly in the United States. And we're seeing a tremendous benefit from that. Also, a number of steps have been um, streamlined in the development of the vaccines. But interestingly to know that the um, Numbers of people tested have been very high prior to the uh, emergency use of these vaccines being allowed. Why do I mention all of that as to saying why is it important for the Seventh-day Adventist Church to have a stance on vaccination? Because I use the terms responsible, and we should be responsible. And I also feel it's important, though, to hear everybody's thoughts, to hear where the problems are, to hear what the questions are but also to have a frame of reference. We have a frame of reference, responsible immunization, and in the practice of our health practices and education and our institutions, we default to three foundational principles. One is we build primarily on biblical understanding. We also use what we believe are inspired revelations, and health has proved to be very significant in this respect for the Seventh-day Adventist Church with, with a lot of robust science giving support to what we term the Adventist health message. And then, of course, to be able to bring all that together and say, well, here is something. 
which can be of value and which we can rec recommend with a clear conscience. So on that same line of thinking um, and, and trying to circle this around to give our listeners some practical things to think about, in your opinion, what are some ways that ADRA and other agencies like ADRA can work together with the church to help close the gap in vaccine access disparities? Well, I think that uh, the way that we can do that is by assisting with we need each other. We really need to work together whenever there's any situation, but particularly in a crisis setting, and we're in one right now. The more we collaborate, the better that can be. How can we do that? Firstly, we need to speak with each other. Secondly, we need to use our common resources, which would be our church members. We have 22 million around the world, thousands of churches, seven medical schools, uh, 75 nursing schools, many dispensaries, public health uh, programs throughout the world. Using the church's resources of education, of health education, professional education, and our institutions, all of these can come into play in assisting and working together with a tremendous organization like ADRA in helping to get, number one, the message across, and two, to where possible, be it in support financially or educationally, or just in sitting together on think tanks, as we do at our office, and the planning of how to best service and get vaccinations done responsibly. Of course, that also helps as we work in sharing this information through our various entities. We we have regional offices around the world. My counterparts in those offices, we share all the information we possibly can, the strategic plans, and particularly when it's related to any specific project, such as would be in the COVID setting with the pandemic. And they, in turn, get the message down to the various entities. In each territory, there is a close collaboration between the church health outreach, and ADRA. And in those countries where this is working the best, we are seeing very much more positive outcomes in many aspects of health work, be it in clean water, be it in supply of medications, be it in develop of, development of food security. Uh, all of those are key as we work together in helping to bring about change and especially in access to vaccines. And education is key. You know what governments look for? They look for funding. They look for large workforces to make vaccinations efficient. And they look for facilities to help make that efficient. And so we don't always have the funding, unfortunately. But we do have volunteers. We do have health professionals. We also have many schools, universities, hospital campuses, places where vaccines and vaccination could be efficiently given. And right now, there's a great example here in the United States, Loma Linda University Health is uh, key in having a center for vaccinations. And this has been visited by the governor of California and very highly praised. I know that in one of our clinics in Switzerland, the same is taking place. It's been opened up as a center of vaccine administration. So those are ways that the church can work together. 
education, facilitation, making venues available, and uh, being as supportive as possible in every way. Dr. Landless, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today on this extremely important and relevant topic. It's been quite enlightening, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed hearing your opinions and expertise on the subject. Thank you so much for being willing to share with us today and with our listeners. It's been my pleasure and my privilege, and my prayer is that um, soon, sooner than even I can hope or imagine that this crisis will come to an end, but more importantly, that we will be doing the right thing with, to, and for each other, because that's what we should be doing. If you would like to learn more about global vaccine disparities or other topics regarding health, nutrition, and WASH, feel free to contact the Health Technical Learning Lab at healthtll.adra.org. To listen to other episodes of the HTLL podcast, please find us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening and join us next time for another exciting episode of the HTLL podcast.